Out of what crypt they crawl, I cannot tell. But every night I see the rubbery things, black, horned, and slender with membranous wings. They come in legions on the north wind's swell, with obscene clutch that titillates and stings, snatching me off on monstrous voyagings to great worlds hidden deep in nightmares well. Over the jagged peaks of Thok they sweep, heedless of all cries I try to make, and down the nether pits to that foul lake where the puffed shoggoths splash in doubtful sleep. But ho, if only they would make some sound or wear a face where faces should be found. To the Straight from the Suburbs podcast, season two, episode six. For this episode, the Crypt Keeper finds himself adjacent to Superhero Studios due to the fact that the Crypt Keeper is with Fiends. The Franjonis are in studio today. My two good friends, Danny and his wife, Melissa. Yay! Yay. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming over. They don't have to come too far. They just came from across the street. But, <laughs> but it's glad to be here today. Um, I, I like having guests. So I like having you guys over. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's going to be a, of a macabre trip. So I hope you guys are 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 up for the trip. We're ready. We're with your, ready with your voyaging insurance. Maybe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. Now the Franjonis have accepted their fate and entered the crypt to discuss a very serious situation that they not only share with the crypt keeper, but with people all over the world. The poem recited beforehand is entitled Night Gaunts by who else? H.P. Lovecraft. It was written in 1930, during a time when Lovecraft, always a man with many ailments, was suffering from poor sleep, nightmarish visions, and what he described as night gaunts. The poem's ending states, if only they would make some sound or wear a face where faces should be found. When I read that, I knew exactly what Lovecraft was alluding to sleep paralysis. Now, during sleep paralysis, you see things that are there, but you are so frozen with fear that you wish they were not. This frightening phenomena has been happening centuries and continues around the world, from Ottawa to Milan, from Santiago to Edinburgh. The same dark silence, the same faceless demons plague people worldwide. The commonality between the scary experiences will shock you, as during sleep paralysis, people have been seeing and hearing the same dark abyss that frightens to your core. The incubus, the terror, the pressure on your chest, all led by the centuries-old international evil man of mystery, the one who stands and stares, the brim breaker of souls, the hat man. Have you run your fingers down the wall, 
Have you felt your neck skin crawl when you're searching for the light? Sometimes when you're scared to take a look at the corner of the room, you've sensed that something watching you, fear of the dark. Now that is a quote from the song Fear the Dark by Iron Maiden, another one of my favorite groups. And when they say, sometimes when you're scared to take a look at the corner of the room, you've sensed that something watching you. Now that's a perfect sense of sleep paralysis and what demons come with it. Now, uh, Melissa or, or, or Danny, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? Are you, are you familiar with that term or familiar with that horrific experience? Yes, I've never experienced it personally, but I've definitely heard about it before. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, being completely incapacitated, not being able to move, no matter how scared or, you know, frightened you are or how much you may want to run away, you just can't bring your body to do what you want it to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you're, you're stuck. Well, that's, that's exactly what happens. Now, I'm sure I've had bouts of it when I was a kid as well. I have bouts, I've had bouts of it as, as, as I've gotten older as well. Do you remember back, either of you, when you guys were kids, having that that sense of something in the corner of the room watching um, all the time. Absolutely. We still yeah. at our house right <laughs> absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I remember when sure. we first moved into our house across the street. Yep. Yeah. It was wild. We would just be like, what was that? And it, it was like, it's it was both of us at the Looking exact at same other. time. Yeah. yeah. And there was always something. So it's like the two of you noticing something. Right outside of our bedroom. Yeah. So we'd be sitting, our, it's all open to above. So we'd be sitting downstairs in the in the family yeah. room watching TV or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And you can see up above there's um like pillars that if you look over, you can look down into where we were sitting, and that's right outside our, our bedroom. So if we were sitting on the couches and we look up through the pillars, we would we would always see a shadow. A shadow yeah. would walk by yeah. and yeah. All the time. and the same we knew we weren't dreaming it because we would look at each other at the same time. Right. So I knew he had seen it too. Right. And same, he knew I had seen it and mm -hmm. we weren't being crazy or we weren't, you know, it was mm -hmm. that quick flash. You look and there's nothing there. And that's always the case. And I always that's say true. that like, the spirits that come into this dimension, that's where they lurk in the darkness, the like in the corners and the shadows. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now we've talked so far about, about the dark, okay? Now contrary to dark is light. That's the counterbalance. You know, that's where the, the, the equilibrium comes in is with the light. There's the dark and, the, and there's the light. Now light is such a comforting thing. Where there is light, there is peace. But where there is darkness, there is the unknown. You can't see anything. Now some esoterics say that darkness is interdimensional. And that's why these incubus prey upon us while sleeping. Cause you know, when you're sleeping, you know, it, you're, you're, the lights are off, it's nighttime. You're vulnerable. That's what, exactly, you're vulnerable, thank you so much. Yes, yeah. you're vulnerable. Yeah. That's exactly what I was getting to. When you're sleeping, you know, your body, mind and soul is still there, but your physical self and even your spiritual self and your mindfulness, it's vulnerable. And that happens while you're sleeping. And that is the, purpose of this of this uh, of today's podcast is the explanation and the, and the investigation of sleep paralysis and all the sleep demons that come with it now 
With the evil presence uh, and the visions of sleep paralysis comes foreboding. And the foreboding is sometimes accompanied by sounds. Sure, sometimes the demons may say something to you. You know, that kind of communication has never happened during any of my sleep paralysis. But what I have sensed was the foreboding, that sense of fear. You don't know what is going on. It's the sense of someone there, but out of sight, but not out of mind. Furthermore, the foreboding comes with a droning beat sometimes, a beat to induce terror as what is in the shadows approaches you closer and closer. Yet you are unable to move. You are paralyzed, unable to see, yet you hear the droning out of sync, devil's tritone. Now, the devil's tritone, like the beast, it goes by many names. Diabolus and Musica, termed by the church when they banned the note in the eighth century. The devil's interval, the flattened fifth. As it's banned, the late moniker suggests, it's an evil sounding combination of notes that's designed to create a chilling and foreboding atmosphere. Its sound is ambiguous, unsettling, and unresolved. And a good example for modern times would be the song Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath from their debut album entitled Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> The song from which Black Sabbath takes their name was inspired by a vision that their bassist, Geezer Butler, had of a ghostly large black figure stealing a book that Ozzy Osbourne had lent him about witchcraft. Now, when I read that and I found out that Geezer Butler is a sufferer of sleep paralysis, I knew exactly who the large black figure was. The iconic tritone riff has become the template for spooky music. At the time of the song's recording in 1970, the use of the tritone was unusual, and it's an idea that every band Black Sabbath inspired has seized upon ever since. Case in point, Slayer and their 1998 album Diabolus Musica. And I just said that Diabolus Musica was the term that the 8th century church had said this tone this, this, this type of music, this, this tone in this, using this music, you can't play this anymore. And they termed it the devil's tritone, Diabolus in Musica, which is, and so Slayer in all of their esoteric musician ways, they dedicated an entire album named Diabolus in Musica to the devil's tritone. So it's a big homage to the devil's tritone. The entire album is tritone. Check it out. The song that really spills the case for the Devil's Tritone is it's a song called Bitter Peace. You'll see what I mean when you listen to it. Now I'm not going to try and replicate the sound of the of the of the, um, of the flattened fifth, but it really could be any type of music has it. I know that Wagner he used the Devil's Tritone um, when he did the um, the orchestra for Tristan and Isolde. Now, we talked about examples of the tritone, and I have a, a situation where I heard the devil's tritone. Now, this is in, the, in our old house, 
and I was sleeping in the guest room. Now I could have been sleeping in the guest room for any variety of reasons, <laughs> but I was but I was in the guest room. We don't make assumptions. Exactly. I was in the guest room, and I'm asleep. And we had the little hallway light on because the kids were were babies at that time. And all of a sudden, I wake up and I hear footsteps, and it's coming closer. And I look, and I could see through the door that the shadow cast by the light is getting larger and bigger. And I'm overcome with a sense of doom, but I'm paralyzed in my bed. I'm trying to scream, but only muffled incoherence comes out of my mouth. Every move is a struggle. I'm being held down and my muscles are in traction like I'm working out, but I can't move. Due to me fighting an invisible dark force, I'm trying to get up, but my body, I, I just can't move. My sense of soul, my sense of being is being lifted out little by little. All the while, which what I now perceive as the devil's tritone bumping in the background, just adding to my dread. Finally, I snap and I, and I get up and I'm exhausted after the fight, still haunted after the evil symphony. And it was a crazy feeling because I never had that feeling before. And it's like my soul, my inner being was being ripped out of me. And I could see all this happening and I, I'm trying to scream, but I'm, not, I, I'm just garbled. Just nothing's coming out of my mouth. And it seemed like it was lasting for, it could have been like 30 minutes. It might've just been like five minutes, but it was such a struggle that it zapped me of every ounce of energy. For me, it's more of a feeling inside yeah. rather than any sort of exterior noise or even a noise I would hear internally. I haven't experienced that, but that sounds pretty um, scary. No, no, it was definitely <laughs> like scary. Because the whole situation itself is, is unnerving, but to hear that as well, I can't imagine that must have been quite an experience for you. No, it was crazy because like, you're sleeping and everything's quiet. And all of a sudden you wake up. And you again. So are I, you awake at this point, or are you asleep at this point, or are you? No, my uh, my, my my I I I don't know. My eyes are open, okay. and I'm I'm looking yeah. at the doorway, and I'm seeing the shadow getting larger, and I'm hearing the footsteps. I remember thinking. I remember thinking that hallway is not that big. That's a lot of footsteps. Mm -hmm. So I, it was just a very weird situation, mm -hmm. and it's it's stuck with me ever since then. Sleep paralysis and the terrifying visions where within are an international phenomenon. It's almost like another worldwide pandemic that has been happening for centuries. It truly is a commonality around the globe. Case in point, we're going to take a little trip from beautiful Barhaven to a place close to your heart, Danny. We're going to Italy. <laughs> okay. And we're going to make a little visit to talk about the Pandafeci. So in some regions of Italy, notably Marche and Abruzzo, people characterize sleep paralysis as an attack by the Pendafeci. Reports given in studies suggest that the Pendafeci can take multiple forms, each as terrifying as the last. 
Some people report seeing a witch or a crone, while others say their nighttime visitors remind them of ghosts or spirits. Oddly, some Italian sleep paralysis sufferers explain that the panda fece presents to them as a frightening cat-like entity. The panda fece sits on your chest, weighing you down with the force of a thousand demon cats. And it's masterly depicted in the 1781 oil painting by Henry Fuseli, entitled The Nightmare. Now, I have a picture of it here, I printed it out. And this is the painting by Fuseli in 1781 called The Nightmare. But I want you to take a look at, what, what, at what's happening in this picture. Now, during sleep paralysis, there's always a pressure on the chest, okay? And in, in this Italian study, the, the locals in Marche and Abruzzo mostly were talking about the pen de fece sitting on your chest, the cat-like entity. This is like a little cat-like demon right here. And as you can see, for the good listeners at home, the, uh, the pen de fece is sitting on top of, of a woman, and she's either a very heavy sleeper or she's dead. Now, my, my money is, is banking on that, that she's dead. I very much, yeah. Just it looks like she's dead. Yeah. yeah. And now, what I say that is because if you look in the background, this this white horse here, this pale mm -hmm. horse. Now, everybody's familiar with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? right? Okay. Now, the white horse from the four horsemen of the apocalypse was ridden by the fourth uh, horseman of the of the apocalypse, and the fourth horseman rides a pale horse. Boom. And the fourth horseman riding the pale horse is identified as death. So in this picture, I think that Fusilli is depicting the panda fetching, the sleep paralysis, has killed this woman, and this is death coming to take her away on the pale horse. And if you think about it, a lot of people have passed away during their sleep, you know, from old age, from being sick, mm -hmm. from uh, from anything really. Yeah. But even sometimes people have passed away just just because while sleeping. Right. So you know it, it it lends credence in thinking that sleep paralysis is such a is such a spiritually strong force that it could kill if if need be, or it could kill. Out of, out of habit or it could kill because it wants to. Mm -hmm. And that all lends credence to it coming from an interdimension, an other world, a spirit world that we're not familiar with, a spirit world that, that we can't fight, that we don't know how to fight. Now, when I saw the picture of, uh, of the, and I've seen that before, as I've seen that before. Have you guys seen that picture I've before? before. No. No. And it, it just was very familiar with me. And it's familiar with me because I like to think that I had, I don't want to like, I, I know I had an incident with the panda fetching. Now, this is here in, in this house here, and I'm in bed. There's no sound this time. There's no double tritone. There, there's no flattened fifth. But I get up and there's an ominous feeling of dread. My chest is compressed. My eyes are open, my eyes are darting back and forth, and I'm watching as this large demon cat staring back at me. And it looked like a cat wearing a kabuki mask. It's very colorful, but it was certainly demonic. 
and the face slowly lowers right to mine. So the panda fetch, it's, it's slowly lowering his face right into my face. And my body is thrashed. I'm thrashing in the bed. And I, I'm moving fast, I'm moving slow, but my entire self is weighed down, struggling to wrestle off the panda fetch. It's like I'm walking through syrup. Like my, my arms are doing exaggerated awesome. motions. Yeah. It's hard to move. Yeah. And at sometimes I'll get quick, but sometimes it's slow. And it's all the while the panda fetch, it's sitting on me and its face is right directly in front of my face. And it, it was disgusting, it was horrific. In my head, I'm, I'm screaming, but I, I could hear myself only, you know, emitting muffled, garbled help, help. It was, it was, it was simply terrifying. And I get up and, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating and my eye, remember my eyes were hurting. And that was, it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago. You know, I know I, I'm not going to give time frames on this one, but it wasn't too long ago because Mrs. Crip Keeper, she doesn't like to, to hear about these sort, these sort of things. <laughs> now, Danny, you're of Italian descent. Have you ever heard of the Panda Fetch? I have not. Have your parents ever spoken to you about any particular sleep paralysis or any sort of Italian folklore or lore that they would make you go to bed with? No, they, they didn't. And not for anything. It wasn't, we grew up not a very talkative family. Let's, we'll put it that way. Yeah. So, so like, go to bed, exactly. go to bed. Child. It was one of those, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, but now that you mention it, I will, I will ask my parents. Yeah, no, I'd love to hear, like, ask your parents or, yeah. Is there so many things that they have? There's, there's so many little. Yes. This, yes. And there's a reason for everything. Well, we do it because if, you know, this saint said this, or, right. if, yeah. you know, my mother always said that we do this to help us. So I am sure there are many stories yeah. that your mother. I bet yeah. you if I were to call her now. Has, yeah. has, Let's get her on the phone. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the panda fetch. <laughs> She'll know right away. Like, She'll hang know. up right away. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure though, she would, she would definitely, uh, she would definitely either know or find out for us. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm dying to ask, yeah. seriously yeah. ask her. Yeah. Let, let me know, yeah. and I'll, I'll give our, our listeners in the crypt a, a heads up on, on the next episode. I'm curious to see how she reacts to it. Well, she's very much a believer in many things. Yeah, and I think she's a, she probably believes enough. There's so much so that she doesn't want to talk about it. Right. So speaking of Black Sabbath beforehand, after Ozzy left, there was a, there was a, a singer that took, that took over, Ronnie James Dio. And this guy was... Uh, he was Italian and he was like five foot three. This guy could sing like it's nobody's business. Hmm. So if, you, if you listen to mid eighties Sabbath, which was very popular, it's all Ronnie James Dio. And Ronnie James Dio had a band called, um, uh, called Dio, his namesake band. And it was him that invented, hmm. I'm, I'm doing the, 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 the devil's, um, the devil's finger point. And when, when interviewed Dio would say, well, my grandmother, you know, 
she would always put these curses on people by doing these devil's horns. So, it's called Icarni. Icarni, it, Icarni, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and so when you see all these metalheads doing the Icarni, yeah. that's from Italy, from uh, Nana Dio back in maybe Marche or Bruzzo with the Pandafecce is most, who knows? But tarot cards from Italy, esotericism from Italy. They walk around with the black, or the, uh, what is it, the eye of the... The third eye, like, yeah. yeah. Ronnie James Dio, forbid it, like, so, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it, it all comes from this. I'm curious to see what your mom would have to say. Now, from Italy, we're going to come back to Canada. And uh, we're going to we're gonna go up north. So, in Canadian Inuit folklore, the predominant belief is that sleep paralysis results from spells of shamans. Those spells prevent human movement and implant in the minds of those affected hallucinations of a formless presence, shadows. In one study, most respondents from the culture recognized sleep paralysis as either ukumanjanik or aktuksinik. Those who believed in the state of ukumanjanik said that people's souls were more vulnerable during sleep. During the period of vulnerability, they say shamans or malevolent spirits are more able to attack the soul, thereby causing sleep paralysis. The researchers noted that the, res that the respondent's perception of sleep paralysis as an experience of supernatural power reinforced their belief in the spirit world. And this one really rung true to me because it's an attack on the soul. And that's what I experienced from my first my first example, like I felt like I was leaving myself. Even though I was physically lying down, I could feel myself being lifted up and being torn up and it hurt. And it was really like the soul, my being being ripped out, partially ripped out, because I'm still here talking to you guys right now. But something, something was, was trying to take something away from me. Now on episode two, we're going to stay in Canada. So um, stay tuned for episode two of Sleep Paralysis. Everybody in the crypt, stay suburban, stay mystified. <laughs>